Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Matt. Well, Pastor Jeremy, it's great to be with you on this uh, day after a Mizzou win. It was a big deal. Delaware State. I was actually rooting for them. You know, it's just not fair when you had to go to Rockbridge and get the seventh string and get the high school quarterback to come out. I'm kidding. Well, we're continuing our, our series called Don't Stop as we strive to be, become more like Jesus, become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's been our, our goal in, in launching this series, uh, the tagline being, that, you know, the best things happen when you don't stop. I, I really believe that many of you are, are already doing some of the things that we've talked about over uh, the past few weeks, and the challenge is to don't stop. Keep doing those things, and, and where the Lord challenges you to start doing something or, or uh, to, to do more of something, let him do that, but just don't stop. Take that next step. As Ben said, there's water baptism. There's becoming a member. There's so many things that maybe you can just take that next step. So we're talking about becoming more like Jesus. The, the word that we use sometimes is, is a disciple or discipleship, and that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus is that we're becoming more like him. We are his disciple. And so I would define a disciple as someone who is following and becoming more like Jesus. And and the word disciple is in the word discipline. And so there's things that you discipline yourself to do, habits that you would have in order to be a disciple. You would discipline yourself. We call these critical habits, and we've covered some of these over the past few weeks. If you haven't been with us, it's okay. You can go online and get the podcasts and uh, listen to those, and, and you'll kind of catch up with, with us, but you'll understand this morning's message uh, fine with, without that, but would love for you to, to grab on to those. We talked about worshiping together, that the cri- critical habit of gathering together in a setting like this with other believers is critical to your own faith and really to the, to the faith of all who gather. I'm inspired when I see others passionately worshiping God. It inspires my faith. There's an importance to that, that we are committed to God's church when we worship together. There's a commitment. There's a devotion, as Acts chapter 2 has told us, where the, the church got its beginning in the book of Acts. It says they were devoted to one another, to the fellowship, worshiping together. There's involvement, there's membership. Ben talked about it a little earlier. Our Discover C2 class, which allows you to step into official membership here, isn't designed as a country club where you would ask, well, what do I get? But really, it's about your commitment and devotion to this local fellowship, this local body of Christ, this church. And so you take that step across the line saying, I'm committed. I, I believe many of you are already acting in the role of members and yet have not stepped into that official capacity 
of it. So let me encourage you, take that next step. Join us today at 4 as we talk about that. Join us for our annual Vision Business Meeting, as Ben said, because it's an exciting time as we celebrate all the wonderful things God has done this past year and we look forward to what he is calling us to for this next season uh, of our church. Last week, we talked about growing together with others, that you were never meant to walk alone uh, in life in the, in the Christian faith. We really believe you cannot grow effectively as a follower of Jesus in isolation. On your, uh, on your seat or the seat next to you, you'll see our, our life group uh, brochure. It lists all the current life groups that, that are being offered. We'd love for you to jump in. It's not too late. We just launched uh, this last week. Many of the groups haven't even had their first meeting yet, so it's not too late to see where you might fit in, where you might jump in and, and grow uh, together with others. We believe that's a critical habit of followers of Jesus. Last week, we, we explained a little bit about the discipleship philosophy uh, of C2, and, and I'm going to go over it real quick because I think it helps us launch to where we're going to go in the next few weeks. Uh, let's, can we put up the next slide right there? Becoming a disciple, we believe that discipleship has three main components, educational, relational, and personal. The educational part is the knowledge transfer. There's got to be some sort of teaching. So this is one of those settings, right, or in our next classes where, where something is taught. It might be a, a discussion or e- even this ki- kind of classroom setting uh, where you learn something. Knowledge is transferred. But that can't be the only way. There's got to be a relational component to it. I've got to take what I've been taught and I've got to see someone live it out. I've got to see someone take that truth and show me how do I apply it to my life. What does that look like in the real world? Take the knowledge and, and, and put skin on it. Show me how I can walk with Jesus. But if I only have those two components, the the educational part and the relational part, but I never make it personal, I never actually take it to to a a level where I'm living it out on my own, of my own uh, uh, initiative, then my faith is based on someone else. I have religion that isn't actually mine. I haven't moved past well, when I'm with you, I learn and I, and I see, but I don't actually apply it to myself. So scripture reading, giving. We'll talk about some of those critical habits in a personal way over the next few weeks. We believe fully devoted followers are devoted to becoming more like Jesus. They're devoted to becoming more like Jesus, not just an idea, devoted to the idea of Jesus. Yeah, Jesus was a good guy. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I don't disagree with that. But being a fully devoted follower is much more than just acknowledging that Jesus lived on this earth at some point in time and he was a good guy. You're not devoted to an idea. You're not devoted to a religion. But you're devoted to a person. It's not a cause or simply a group. You're devoted to the person of Jesus. That's what it means. If the church is the people of, uh, who follow Jesus, who are becoming more and more like him, well, what do you see when you look around? Is it people becoming more and more like Jesus? Now, don't, don't give the person next to you the stank eye. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Let's take it to a more personal level. What about you? Does your life look like Jesus' life? Now, it's easy to judge someone else, right? You can see their actions, and you can compare them maybe to your own good intentions, right? 
But what about you? Move beyond your intentions. What about, does your life look like Jesus' life? If you really want the, the brutal truth, ask someone who's close to you in relationship. Does my life look like Jesus' life? If you don't want to hear the negative uh, response, don't ask. If you don't really want the truth, don't ask. It's tough when, when you ask, does my life look like Jesus' life? I know for me, growing up around the church and, and in the church, my dad being a pastor, I, I came to this moment where I realized I was one of those guys, I, I had taken the educational side of discipleship and even the relational. I had some really good people in my life. But it wasn't until I came to the point where I went, man, it's not really personal to me. I haven't disciplined myself to, to read the Bible regularly, to give sacrificially, to, to fast and to pray, to serve, to make other disciples. I mean, these are the things that I started noticing that I'm not actually living like Jesus. I, I, my intentions are, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I want to be like Jesus. Sure, that's a great idea. But I wasn't actually living it. it. Those around me probably wouldn't have mistaken me for Jesus at any point in time. And that's my goal. That's what I, I, I want to live like Jesus so that people mistake me for him. Chances are that on this earth probably won't happen. You know, the sad fact is there's only one time in your life that you'll reach perfection. You know when that time is? You knew the answer. You're a good disciple, Matt. When you're dead. You have reached perfection because that's the moment you stand in front of God fully perfected because of Jesus. But until then, until that moment, I strive to become more and more like him. Listen to the words of Jesus when he calls his first disciples. It's in the book of Matthew chapter 4, the first book of the New Testament, the Gospels. Jesus calls out to these fishing guys. These are commercial fishermen. He says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You're no longer going to fish for fish. You're going to fish for the souls of people. When Jesus called to these guys to come follow him, this was, you ever play the game like Simon Says or Follow the Leader, right? And, and if you're like me, you kind of want to throw off everybody who's behind you. You're going to do something crazy. You're going to jump over something that you know people can't jump over. Or if you're playing Simon Says, right, you're trying to trick people up, right? You say, well, first of all, how many of you ever played Simon Says? Raise your hand. Simon didn't say. Y'all lose. <laughs> you obviously haven't played that game, or not, at least not very well. Simon Says, you know, you, you say, Simon Says, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If he doesn't say it, you don't say it, right? And I, I love that game because I, I, I always want to trick people up. And when people got really good at following it, of knowing when, when they should and shouldn't do it, I would say something like this. Man, you guys are doing a really great job. Who, who wants to lead, Simon says? Come on up here. And a bunch of kids would come running up, and I would just say, Simon didn't say, come up here. Boom. You can use that, by the way. Totally do it. First service looked at me and went, aw, like I'm some sort of bully. I just like to dominate, and Simon says, that's all. I don't see anything wrong with that. So here's Jesus saying, come follow me. 
I don't think he's trying to be tricky or deceptive in the invitation. Right? He, there, there, is, there isn't a, a secondary thought for Jesus. Ha <laughs> come and follow me. And I, you know, I'm going to mess you up. And I, no, there wasn't. It was an invitation. But, but listen, I think this is what we miss. I think we feel like somehow Jesus is trying to trick us up or deceive us. Or he's playing some petty game with us. He's not. But here's what I think we're missing. Jesus' invitation to follow was not as a tour guide, but as master. As a master, not as your tour guide through life that you can kind of go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let's go. Let's, we can do that. No, I don't really like that. It's not, I'm not for it. Whatever. I'll move on this way. Jesus was pretty clear with his invitation that it would cost you. In fact, throughout the Gospels, you'll find him saying things like, Before you follow me, you might want to think about this. I don't have a home to sleep in. Are you willing to go there? Are you willing to give up your riches? Because that's what I'm asking of you. Are you willing to become the least? He's pretty clear about what it's going to cost you. He wasn't being deceitful at all. But I think we want Jesus as a tour guide sometimes. One time I was on a missions trip in Poland, and we, we went to this huge medieval castle, just ginormous. And in fact, it was taken over by the Nazis in World War II and used as one of their headquarters. And so we had a tour guide that would lead us through all these places. And, and towards the end of the tour, they took us up to the very top that hadn't quite been completely restored. And it was, it was locked, and only the tour guide could get us in there. So he takes us in there. Well, I sort of see the tour guide as a suggestion. And I kind of decided I wanted to go this way instead of that way. And I began to wander and had another leader with me. Yes, I was the youth pastor at the time. A horrible, horrible example. And suddenly we were on another wing and we just were like, where did everybody go? And it wasn't our intention to get lost or parted from the group, but neither did we really care. (laughs) Then we realized as we were looking out one window, we could see them on the other wing in another window. And I thought, oh dear. We should probably figure out how to get out of here. Suddenly we realized that the tour guide had unlocked the door from the outside with a padlock. And he would probably lock us in. So we hurried ourselves out of there. I think sometimes that's how we see Jesus. He's just a tour guide. But he never gave an ink school in your neighborhoods, in your homes, in mid-Missouri. You stand in this moment, church, as we reflect and as we sing those those words, I want to know you, Lord. We're saying them to Jesus. Maybe you've never made that commitment to Jesus. Maybe you've never said to Jesus, I want you as my master, not my tour guide. I'm going to invite you, as I've invited people every week, to make that decision today, the decision of commitment and surrender to Jesus. And maybe you're like some, some of us who at one point I made a commitment, but I never followed through, never lived it out. Then maybe today is your moment of recommitment and complete surrender. In a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask if that's you, would you lift your hand up high? We're not going to embarrass you, but we're going to pray with you. As many of us in this room have made that very same prayer of commitment. So church, would you close your eyes and bow your heads in this holy moment as we prepare to respond? If that's you, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, 
two, three. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Thank you over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand in the back on the left side. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand in the front here. Thank you. Anybody else? And church, would you pray with all those who raised their hands this morning and pray with them that prayer of commitment? Let's pray this. Would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus who lived the perfect life that I could not live, who suffered in my place and who died for my sins. And I thank you that he rose again to give me forgiveness and new life. I receive that gift today. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Would you clap for all those who made that decision today? Welcome home. Welcome to the family. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.